0: what's up everybody this is marlins in-game host mike b and you're listening to fish across the pond marlins uk podcast with peter pratt cheers from the 305 Welcome to episode 88, Fish Across the Pond, to Marlins UK podcast. I'm your host Peter Pratt, and of course the UK goats are back in full force. Lead off, Lee Dobbs. How are we doing?
1: I know it's good as always.
0: Good man, Sean Barrett. How you doing, buddy?
1: Yeah, not too bad.
2: Never up and down week, but coming off the two wins on a bounce, so yeah, pretty good.
0: 100. I'm speaking about a uh, off, off the bounce, and back off the IL, back in the cleanup spot. Rob Newell, he returns. How are we doing, Rob?
3: Yeah, not too bad. Sorry for my absence last week. I was applying for a job to be a weather forecaster in New York. <laughs> How did that go? Position was 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 filled. It was apparently filled by someone more competent than than I am. But I can look out the window and tell if it's raining or not.
0: Absolute shambles that New York situation. We're going to dive into that, Rob. Glad you're back, buddy. And uh, good to see you all, guys. We have got a jam-packed show. Absolutely jam-packed. There is tons to get into from last Tuesday. Uh, unfortunately, the Cardinals series went sideways. Uh, did not end well. Swept by the cards. And I was shocked that we were swept by the Cardinals. Truly, I was. We, we should have never been swept there. It was shocking. Um, we've then gone into New York. There's been fun and games. I'll describe it as. Fun and games in New York. We're now in Atlanta. As always, we record this on Tuesday evening, so we're we're, uh, before game two. So we've had one game in Atlanta, which was a lot of fun, (laughs) some tense moments. But guys, there's a lot to get into. So really excited for this episode. Um, We're going to start with the rotation, though, guys. And really, from a rotation perspective, in the last week, what we've seen is some standouts and some decisions slash question marks. So let's start with the positives, the standouts. Lee Dobbs. In this week, we've had two Marlins starting pitchers get 10 strikeouts in one game. Both Sandy and Trevor Rodgers both getting 10 Ks in starts. Lee Dobbs, what are you liking from the rotation so far?
1: I mean, everything. Everything. You know, <laughs> I mean, there you go. You know, from Trevor, Sandy, and Pablo, you know, there's just no no question that they're all those studs. You know, as you you know you know you say.
0: There you so, go.
1: I mean, I mean, Rogers to get those 10 Ks against the Mets. You know, I mean, that was so so good that you know he was going going head head to head with uh, you know Big Rom. No, you know we 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 won that that game, and you know Sandi's looked just you know yeah, Cy Young, you know, candidate. Pablo tonight, you know, you know he's he's still on form. now we've also got that question now though of you know we've got three aces. Have you bumped it up to three aces? Three aces now. I've seen enough from from you know from Trevor. You know you know he's going to be. A rookie of the year, you know, candidate. But now we've also, well, obviously, we've now got the issue now with the other two spots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I neither I think did enough, you know, go to, to warrant another start at least. I mean, he was a bit, bit ropey with Will like at the walks, but you know, yeah, he done okay in his what, what was it four innings. So yeah, you know, it's I mean, but also we now we will have an have an issue with the fifth fifth starter.
0: Mm-hmm. Sean Barrett. The question now, and Lee, perfect segue from Lee. We know the good. I, I agree with Lee. Actually, there's three aces. There's three healthy aces. Anyway, let's call it that. What are we going to do with the two other spots, mate? Nicky Nider's, uh slotted in this week for sure. He's definitely going to get a start in in Atlanta. But how are we going to mix and match the guys now, mate? For the you know the next couple of weeks until you know maybe uh, you know Elias are not quite clear on the the timeline. Sixto, I think there's some encouraging signs, but again, we're some weeks away from from both of those guys. So how are we going to play it?
2: Yeah, as you said, we are a little way away from getting back Eliezer and uh,
0: Sixto. I think Sixto
2: is probably the one that's closest to coming back, but we are, yeah, we're looking a few times through the rotation. I think there was some talk whether we were going to do Castano, whether it was going to be Campbell, I think, Ultimately, I think we are going to have a couple of bullpen days here and there. Mm-hmm. I think that's where we are. As Lee said, dart has definitely earned a, another spot in the rotation. Yeah. He was he looked good, a little bit wild here and there, but it was you know he he showed that he deserved to be a, a, a major league pitcher. Um, I'm not quite sure I'm there with Lee and you on Trevor. I think he looked very good. Ace? Oh, boy. Ace is, is another matter. No, yes. <laughs> Ken yeah. Ken Kays does always bounce off, you know, and show show promise. But we were talking in spring training and we were saying, look, he's the fifth guy. He could, you know, show, you know, could he play up to fourth or third? And that's where he is at the moment. He's our third pitcher. Yeah. And, and I would say that if you go through most major league rotations, I'd put him against anybody's third starter. And I think that's that's definitely a positive.
0: 100%. I mean, you know, think back to the start, you know, in advance of the season, I was, you know, he he was, well, he was in a head-to-head competition really for that fifth spot. And at that point I was already piping up. I was already high on him going, he's the best best fifth starter in the league easily. I, I mean, he's had to be bumped up. So he's now the third starter. I think I'm with you though, Sean. I I struggle to think of any other third starter I'd, I'd prefer to have. I, I don't think there's any, to be honest. He's been, apart from that one inning where he walked those four dudes, Trevor's been, he's been almost faultless. He truly has. It's been, he's carried it through from spring. It's not a shock. I think that's the, that's the thing for me is this wasn't a shock. We saw it. It was happening in spring and he's just carried it forward. So, You know, happy days. But I think, as you mentioned last week, I was giving it the big guns about the depth. Well, the depth's going to be tested, severely tested. And Rob, the question really, you know, I'm going to lean on you for your sources here. (laughs) Are the Marlins going to need to pull the trigger on something? Are they going to need to get creative now with a depth arm? Are we going to, you know, a geo replacement almost? Obviously geo didn't work out. You know, is there going to be that need? We've got Dan Castano that came up, uh, didn't pitch, obviously, after the game was rained out. But Dan looks like the next guy in line, I guess, if they want to mix and match a bullpen day. But he'll be the long arm in there. Um, but, you know, if if anything else happens, you know, it's starting to get very thin very quickly. So where do you see this
3: playing out? Maybe, because I'm concerned a little bit about sort of Paul Campbell sort of pitching because he is a rule five and in theory, he's not really ready to to be at the MLB level. And um, so there's a bit of a concern about having somebody in there who potentially starting John Curtis is used to doing those kind of uh, being an opener Mm. uh, as he did for the Rays. And if you get a good couple of innings out of him and then can go through the bullpen, the bullpen strong. And of course that, that, that's absolutely fine but it doesn't work every single time. And that's where you'd have thought, right, well, maybe we do need to get an experienced guy in like we were going to do with Gio. I think they talk about Annabelle Sanchez being a, a really good sort of an option. But anybody you do go get in, you've got to give them time on the alternative site, alternate site to warm up first. So you're probably not going to get anybody who's going to be ready until mid-May anyway. No. So you are then forced with, Castano, um, you know, NIDA, as we've seen, um, you know, you could Braxton Garrett. There are other options there and they've all had time at the major league level. So I think we have to test those options first before you start to bring somebody else in. Because if you are bringing somebody in more experienced, you've got to then remove somebody else of that 40-man roster. We, we know what, that, so they're 26-man, and you know what, that was the issues we've had this week. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's, uh, um, I would have thought they would go for, um, you know, Nidic, Castano, Garrett, uh, and deeper than that, um, they're talking about Edward Carrera is now um, pitching. Um, yeah, he is. And, and so, you know, hopefully a month away, from sort of being able to be, let's say, ready. Um, so there are lots of uh, other options that we could potentially go for, and 6 as well. We forget about him. He could be ready in a month's time. So I think it's a holding pattern.
0: Yeah, it's tough. It's a tough situation, um, particularly if things go a bit – well, as well, if another if another guy gets dinged, then you're really up against it then. Um, but you're right. I guess the next man up, you know, Gastano – he did well. He did well last year. He was. It felt like his speciality was seven innings doubleheaders, though. He, he seemed to kind of pitch in those games and, and kind of battle through Braxton Garrett. I mean, when I think of Braxton Garrett, I just think of that, that Brian Anderson moment where he gunned him out at first uh, with that just most incredible play I've ever seen at third base, like it truly was. And Braxton Garrett just turned around going, oh, my God, how did you make that play? It was, it was crazy. Um, I th- so I think he's the next guy up, but beyond that, I'm con- I'm concerned about who's next after that.
3: No, I think the one thing though is that if you're having a bullpen day, you're you're eating innings. You are trying to win a game, but you're ultimately eating innings away from because you've got a lack of a starter. Yeah. I know the Rays did it tactically, um, but that's they're they're playing a very sort of different tactic to what we're doing, mm-hmm. and we we're our rotation is our. Our, our key linchpin of how, you know, our season works. So on that basis, there's no better innings eater than Braxton Garrett, Dan Castano, that can go more than four, five, you know, six innings. Um, yeah. So if they, 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 they've done it before, so why not give them another go?
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, so I think in general, guys, you know, to summarise on the rotation, listen, a bit dinged, but overall the production has been... It's been sensational. Even last night, Sandy uh, self-confessed it wasn't his best outing. It was his worst outing of the year. He still went over six innings, um, still a quality start. I mean, if that's the standard that Sandy Alcantara is holding himself to now against a really stacked Braves lineup, albeit it seemed slightly weaker yesterday. Obviously, Darno wasn't in the lineup at catcher, um, which I think helped. But, you know, that's, that's where we're living now. So, It's been a great start for the rotation. Let's flip the switch, though, guys. Let's get into some bullpen talk. Lee Dobbs, back to you, mate. Bass mania. Bass mania is over. Um, The question with Bass, listen, two horrendous, horrendous blown saves. We'll get into one of them in particular and the detail around that. But from Bass... What's your view on how quickly the Marlins moved? You had two shots, blew both. They called it and they've moved on. He's pitched again, but not in high leverage. So what's your feeling on that in terms of like how quick they were to act rather than just you know, leave them out there getting destroyed?
1: I think, I mean, it's fairly quick. I mean, you know, two blows, isn't there? Like, you have got the worst thing in the world. I think if it happens in the middle of the season, then there's no issue. But because it's because it's it's the first first two games of the season, you know that that, that he's, he's had a chance to save, and and and, and it's gone wrong. Not the way it went wrong. It was like you know it, they. I mean, you know, as you, as you you said, yeah, they, they weren't even close. I mean, he he blew it wildly. You know, so
0: <laughs> great description, mate. I mean, if you're gonna blow it, blow it, you know, bass style.
1: You know, it, it was just 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 just. Just rubbish. So, <laughs> so, yeah, like I say, if it was early on the season, then I think he he would have another another you know shot. But yeah, I I, I think they've shown early that it wasn't working. you know and they they're gonna have to because I mean he he was on a short leash. I I guess yeah you know, like, yeah you know, just to, to start the season because mm. I mean or what we signed him as as the closer. You know it, it was never really said that you know you know he's gonna be the you know, like ninth inning guy Yeah, you know, he, he still had to sort you know like you know win the job mm-hmm. so yeah and and I think you know with yumi there they're ready you know he saved a few games last year now he's, he's more of a you know, you know a power pitcher
3: mm. so
1: you know I think it, it was the right time to make to make a change you know go you know, and let bass you know work out his his issues
0: good summary mate here's the problem with bass for me. He's supposed to be a ground ball pitcher. That's what we hear, right? He hasn't had one fucking ground ball. I don't think. Like, I, I haven't seen a ground ball from him. I really haven't. I can't think of one. Everything
1: flyouts and you know, everything's
0: flyouts. I mean, he he almost run he almost gave up a salami last night. That I, I don't know if you guys saw it or not. But listen, it was it was close to being a salami from from Albie's against Bass. Listen, he's a ground baller, and he's not getting ground balls to me. You know. Huge, huge problems there with Bass. So something needs to, you know, clearly it's not it's not an optimal situation. He comes in, he's given the hype video, and his first two save opportunities are blown. And then, like you said, Lee, they, there's there's a blown save, and then there's a bass blown save. So serious problems. Sean no, Sean. They've moved on to Yimmy. It's Yimmy season. Are you liking are you liking that move? And for me, I look at Yimmy, I think he's more of the prototypical like closer, like the skill set looks to fit more what a closer should be, in my opinion. What about you?
2: Yeah, I think you're right. I think Yimmy does bring a bit more of a, a strikeout potential. I think, as Lee said, it's 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 early in the sense of he only had two blown saves. And Donny obviously likes his his constructed bullpen. He likes his ninth, eighth, and seventh guy, sort mm. of written in concrete and 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 goes with that for the season. I think it speaks to how horrific those two appearances were, <laughs> that Donnie's just gone, no, nope, rip that up. We can't throw that out again mm. and uh, bring in Yimmy. I think, ultimately, if you look at the back end of the rotation uh, of the the bullpen after, you know, take out Bass, you've got Yimmy there. He gave up the solo home run on opening day, but otherwise he's been scoreless. Mm. Floro has a zero ERA. He's pitched pretty well for the for the season. And then you've got Blyer, who also has pitched pretty well. I think, you know, we, we've spoken all the way through the year so far and said, oh God, this bullpen not living up to promise. I think you, you take out Bass and you take out some of the, the lower leverage guys like Pop, and you look at the main guys that we're going to rely on all year long and they actually look pretty tidy.
0: Oh, I tell you what though, last night there was the most comical sequence I've seen from Marlins reliever where Simba rolls in. And again, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen every pitch at every moment. I I know, um, you know, it's not easy to keep, keep it going through the year, see everything. Simba though, comedy sequence, first pitch hits, I think Austin Riley straight on the knee Um, next batter up, same pitch straight on the knee Two hit by pitches. I think in two pitches, Exactly the same, straight onto these dudes' knees. I was like, "What the hell is Simba doing?" I think Donnie had just been tossed out the game. I was thinking, "This is about to get sideways quick." Like it really is. I was thinking of that moment, but now you—you know—you're you, right to call it out, though, Sean. Where Floro for me has been the the standout. You know, so we traded for him, so we saw someone we liked. That's great. He's panning out nicely. Like you said, Blyer um, and Yimmy, Donnie likes the leverage. He likes his settled leverage crew. And clearly, I think he's still got Bass in there. And he's also mentioned Detweiler too. So I think that five is kind of the mix and match five that we're going to see, at least for now. Um, we'll see how it goes. But I'm loving, you know, I think going into it, I would have preferred Yimmy closing not like just because Yimmy was so good last year. And then in spring... Like we've talked about, there was so much hard hit, you know, hard contact going around. Obviously gave up the homer to to Meadows in the first game. And I was like, uh-oh, is Yimmy, you know, is it going to completely drop off? But it really, I think he, he's bounced back. And, you know, I, I I really think he'll lock it down now in that closer spot. I really do, I think. Uh, and we'll look back and go, why didn't we start with Yimmy at all? Like, it was one of them. You'll scratch your head and go, Yimmy had already earned it. So why didn't he start? And we've had two blown saves, two games gone. But it is what it is. Um, you know, we move on. Long season, I guess. Um, you know, they're bullpens, right? There's you know so much volatility too. so much volatility. But you know, I'm liking, I'm liking the way it's going. I'm liking the trend, and I also like the way Bass. <laughs> I mean, it, like I said earlier, it could have got out of hand again yesterday, but it didn't. And maybe that will be that watershed little turning point for him. Maybe. I don't know. Or maybe the confidence will just be completely blown. Um, Rob Newell, speaking about Anthony Bass, let's... (laughs) One of these blown saves links to this big drama with Michael Conforto. Bases juiced. um, One out. Bases juiced, one out. um, Tied game. And Conforto leans into the zone, clips off the elbow guard, massive elbow guard, clips off that, umpire goes to ring him up, then realises he's been clipped, so then decides to award him first base. Ah, uh, what was going on? What's this umpire doing? Um, <laughs> I mean, the, the other thing as well is, is it going to hurt us in the long run? Like, you know, one I know it's one game, but it's one divisional game and, you know, really it just blew the game. The game ended on that moment. And when you look back, uh, the umps got it wrong after reviewing it on the TV. What's going on?
3: Uh, it was a terrible decision. <laughs> um, I can't say I was as upset as a lot of Marlin's Twitter was because I don't think we would have won the game anyway. I think we would have lost it in that inning the way Bass was pitching. Um, so I don't think it really mattered. Um, but it was a it's a it's an odd error because you can't, with anything anything that's called a, a strike or not, you can't question the strike zone. So it's not like you can go back to New York as hopeless as they may be. If you look at all the, the ridiculous calls that they are just making a mockery of at the moment where they're being, you know, Goes up to New York. They they replay it. It's quite clear that that there's a that it, it's not in or it is in, and they 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 refuse to overturn it. It's just quite bizarre. But even so, um, you do wonder in those situations why the manager of that team can't say, "Look, that was clearly an error. You know, can we appeal it?" And I do wonder whether there, is, it should, there should be like a limited number of appeals or something where something clearly has gone completely wrong, a bit mm. like in tennis, and you can just say, actually, I'm going to appeal this, because it was ridiculous. Conforto then said, oh, wins a win, isn't it? The umpire called it. Then got <laughs> He's instantly- on the shit list now, as we've already highlighted. I, I think that's the operative word, because the next night he was absolutely awful, <laughs> and And just compounded degrom's misery, that you know he's the best pitcher in MLB, um, but his team cannot give him any run support at all. So we've got instant karma the next night where they completely I know you know Rogers was amazing, but even so, you know uh, you know degrom looked like just just from a different planet, and it was um, it, it's amazing, and Conforto was awful. Um, so you three games. I know, so it's yeah. I I just think it's it. Something's got to happen because it's not just like the the Bertie replay last night, which where Mattingly got thrown out. Um, uh, that that ridiculous one where I've forgotten whose foot left the 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 second base, and um, they they tried to call it as a as a, a, a an out. Oh yeah yeah out. yeah.
0: Jeff, Jeff McNeil, I think, wasn't
3: it? Yeah, so it was, that, that those kind of, you know, how can they, when it's being reviewed and it's really clear on the TV, be wrong? We had that situation with the Phillies the other night as well. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, that something's really bizarre when something is clearly got to be overturned and they're not overturning it. So I think there's a bigger review that needs to happen. But with the Conforto thing, yes, it was wrong. The umpire blew the call. But we wouldn't have gone anywhere anyway, would have lost the game.
0: Oh, that is that's the pessimistic view. My view is they'd have they'd have swapped out Bass and gone, take a blow, sit down, someone else would have come in and struck out Pete Alonso and we'd have gone into extras, you know,
3: who knows. But can I, can I just say one thing about closers? And um, there's an interesting stack here. we talked talking about John Curtis earlier. When he was win in the twins system in the minors, two seasons, he was in a closing situation uh, at double A and triple A, he had 19 saves in 2017 and 10 in 2018. So it's another person under the radar that if Yimmy ever has issues, you can use. There's been talk of
0: him, you know, um, as this kind of Bass mania thing blew up. um, I'm not sure it's ever been Bass mania, but anyway, um, but people were thinking, okay, clearly Anthony Bass is not working out. So where are the Marlins going to turn to? Clearly, Yimmy Garcia was going to be given an opportunity. Who knows whether he, he was going to take it or not? A lot of people, though, were saying, I wonder if John Curtis is actually going to be the answer. Um, you know, maybe midterm. Garcia's earned his shot. Yimmy clearly has. So let him roll with it. But you never know. And then maybe Curtis is waiting in the wings. Other people may be saying about, you know, Zach Pop. He's got the stuff. You know, I'm not sure that will happen in the early part of the season, maybe the back end of the year, if, uh, if things go sideways, but I mean, there's tons, there's tons of options. That's the thing.
3: We're all hoping it's going to be touchdown, Tommy.
0: Right? Oh, that's absolutely. Awesome. absolutely heard from touchdown this week. Actually. I, I tagged him in something and uh, he was liking that. I think it was, who's the, who's the Jags quarterback. Um, what's his name? Completely gone from me now. The, the the Jacksonville quarterback
2: Minshew.
0: Oh, uh, Minchu. oh uh, yeah, Gardner Minshew. There you go. So there was some, there was some picture on the, on Twitter, Minshew oh, with yeah. his you know yeah, shirt open back. and whatever. And anyway, touchdown was onto that. He was enjoying that comp. I think. I don't know. I don't know what kind of shape uh, touchdowns in. I'm not sure he's quite in Minshew's <laughs> shape. But anyway, touchdown. If you're listening, hope will be doing well, buddy. We hope to see you soon. Um, You're right. There's tons of options. I'm excited about the bullpen now. The reality was we acquired a brand new one. There was always going to be a few games where we worked out who was going to be in what role. And I think we're starting to see it settle down. So, okay, guys, um, just on the TV element as well, just to round that off. um, Clearly, something needs to happen with those types of calls. Balls and strikes aren't reviewable right now. You know, we're not sure what the future of baseball and technology is in that area. I understand why it isn't in place now. But I think where you have a game-ending play where something is wrong that means that the game ends, I feel like there needs to be some, some kind of review in place, something like that. You know, it just you need a safety net where you can just look at it and go, yeah, we got it wrong. The problem was the umpire called it right. He called the strike. Then he called the hit by pitch and he forgot the rules. Honestly, I think he forgot the rules and how him and his three other dudes got together and then went onto the headsets and they all came back and went, no call stands. I don't know. Somewhat, something went wrong somewhere. Um, Last night, I have no idea how they've come to that decision to overturn the safe call for John Birdie. Like, I haven't seen any video to say that he was safe. It wasn't clear and obvious. The problem is review should be there for clear and obvious. And that wasn't, it wasn't. And the ones that we've seen are clear and obvious, like the Jeff McNeil foot off the bag, that was, it was clearly off. Not overturned. I don't know what the, Mar- what's going on with TV. It's not working for the Marlins though. And let's hope it doesn't bite us in the ass down the line. But Oh boy, this is a segment I I didn't want to get into, but we're gonna have to get into it. Lee Dobbs, Lee Dobbs, big roster move this week, big big roster move. We talked about it last week. There was too many outfielders. We needed another arm. Dan Castano up. Let's take away the palaver of this Mets game on Sunday that went nine pitches that should never have started, and thus the roster move was made. But the move was made. Dan Castano was needed. He came up. Lewis Brinson, final option year triggered, so Brinson goes down to the alternate site for now. Time will tell when, but was that the right call for Brinson?
1: Yeah, I mean, as I, as I said la- yeah, last week, I think he's done. Uh, yeah, he's- <laughs> Do
0: you think we'll ever see him again? Think he'll ever play for the Marlins uh, again at the major league level?
1: I. I hope not, because I hope we, we trade him now to someone, right? Yeah, to, yeah, to get something back, you yeah, know, you know, yeah, for him. But uh, you know, as, as I said before on the, on this podcast, we've been here now for what was this four years, you know? Yeah, we 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 have seen we've seen before. You know? He go down, he hit three hundred, you know, a few bombs, and then we go, oh yeah, you know, he's back, he's got a chance. Then he come up to the major leagues and he just just struggles, you know. Struggle again, because he because he, he's not he's not going to be in the in the starting nine, you know, either. So there's no point. Just and I don't, I don't think he's good enough to be, you know, you know, like a pinch hitter, someone, someone who who we can rely, you know, rely on, you know, in that regard. So yeah, I I think his time's done, and we should really 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 be be looking to to, to trade him. So now 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 his options are done. You know, there's no chance he that he makes the team for next year.
0: No, that's it. And just to be, you know, clear on what an option means, it means he can go up and down. Um, I guess unrestricted to a certain degree for this year. So come next year, he has to be on the roster, or if they move him off the roster, he goes through waivers and so can be claimed um, for free.
1: I think, I think a team would would claim him.
0: Yeah, I guess so. You, you kind of, you know, with Brintz, you know, the tools are there, the talents there. You know the change of scenery. It's one of them. You think, you know, just get out of Miami. Yeah. You know, he was a big trade piece. It hasn't worked out, right?
1: Yeah, that's one. Yeah, you know, like one of the issues. I think he's had such pressure being, yeah. like Jelic, you know, yeah, like trade trade piece, and it's just never worked. And then it's like, you know, it's started, you know, cranked up every off season, worse and worse. So now you know, and especially though know, as it's done done so well, you know, as well. So, so yeah, you know. A change of scenery, scenery, you know, like will help.
0: Yeah, I think so. Okay, Sean Barrett. I think some other decisions on the offensive side as well, because you know, Brince is optioned, and they bring in the extra arm. We didn't need the extra arm. Now we've got Georgie Alfaro with a with a bum hamstring. He's been held out of games. I think Wallock's caught what four games in a row now. Started them. I know the Mets game. Obviously, it went nine pitches, but. You know, Wallach's catching every day. Alfaro's clearly not fit. Leaves us with a three-man bench, effectively. And I think probably Alfaro could pinch hit if we needed him to, really. But do you see us needing to make a, I guess, a, a corresponding offensive move to, to fill out this bench? Or are they just going to ride it, you know, 12 positions and 14 arms?
2: I think we're at the stage now where, we've, with days off, we've been able to afford Wallach to be able to start and not have to start three games in a row. I think it's now at this point where if Wal- if Alfaro's not fit at least to even, you know, spell wallets and play a game or two the week mm. for the week, yeah, we're going to have to put him on the aisle, um, bring up probably Sandy Leone. And, uh, yeah, and additionally, having three men on the bench, especially when we're talking about troubles with, with pitching. If we want a bullpen day, then you're going to want those bats for the pinch hitting spots because you're going to end up having three or four or five pitchers pitch you need those bats to come in otherwise you're going to get a reliever who potentially is never hitting his life going up there and striking out on three pitches sin so i think he might yeah. just
0: give it the glass now he
2: might just exactly. you know exactly <laughs> yeah i think you know a four-man bench is is tough as it is um riding with three-man benches it's for a long
0: period of time it's just not doable no, it's not sustainable, is it? So I I think you're right. That the key bit is is this Alfaro position. Clearly, we're now in a well, we're going four games in Atlanta, back home, uh, no off day. I don't believe into three against the Giants. So Alfaro needs to be playing at least two of them games. Um, you know, in the next, you know, within the, these these two series uh, at least. So if he can't. He's got to go on the I.L. It'll be retrospective anyway. So actually, you know, he may miss this week and he'll be back next week, perhaps. So I think that's a really intriguing thing to watch. I still think, even without that, they still need another bat up. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know. It's tricky. It's tricky, but they are leaving themselves shorthanded.
2: They are, but if you look at how much Princeton's actually played this year, yeah, I think that was probably a huge contributing factor for that. You know, if you if you wanted to pop off the bench, you go and Cooper. If you want speed, you go and Sierra. Mm. The only opportunities that really Brinson gets for the first time off the bat, off the bench, is for speed against a lefty, and yeah. that's such a niche position to put yourself into that he you know is surplus to requirements essentially.
0: He was. I think he had eight plate appearances all year. So you're right on you're right on the head there, mate. that's a, that's a great call. And the reality was there's Duval that they've invested into, Coop that they've you know, one around and they want the bat in the lineup. Last year, Duval wasn't around and they had the DH. And so left these on the mound. Brinson starts this year. You know, it just the playing time isn't there. And he has the option, so it was the obvious option to, you know, to, to make that move. So Hey, it is what it is. i uh, I'm intrigued to see how things play out on that front. I think I think we will see Brince again. What about you, Sean? Do you think we'll, we'll see him again this year or do you think he's fully done? We try and move him on.
2: Yeah, I think Lee probably stole my thunder, really. I was thinking <laughs> before the podcast and I was saying to myself, if you put the over-under on half a game, I would probably take the under.
0: Wow. Okay, wow. Right then, uh, Rob Newell. One key standout for me offensively. I just need to take on this one specific swing from the stud, the Bahamian stud. It was against Jacob Degrom, Grom, 100 mile an hour plus, out of, out of the zone, above the zone. Jazz Chisholm sat on that pitch and absolutely destroyed it. It went miles with the most effortless swing I have ever seen. It was just insane. Jazz Chisholm, what a talent. What a moment for him there, Rob.
3: Yeah, it was, wasn't it wonderful? And it was interesting that, you know, we, we've been sort of seeing him being so, so so overconfident. He's going in there. There's no fear. And he wanted that home run against uh, DeGrom. He predicted it. That's what he was going to do. And and he did it. And it was wonderful as a third-tier Really, really well hit. Um, brilliant. And in, in effect, that set the scene for the entire game. And I think that's how we won it. Of course, you know, it progressed later on when the Mets sort of melted down a little bit. But it was, you know, that set the scene. That shocked DeGrom. That, you know, this, you know, a young guy who's got very little experience. So the Great Britain baseball team and um, it comes in and just does that. And I just thought it was wonderful. And this, I'll tell you who he reminds me of. And um, don't boot me off this podcast for saying this, but there is another guy in the NL East who is overconfident and pushes his team with hype well over the edge. And that's Ronald Aguirre Jr. Yeah. I mean, it's fair, fair comp you know watch what he was doing last night where you know it's all when he got to that you know got the third base against Alcantara all that mix it up and you know and he just winds you up doesn't he because he's just so good and he and he just just hype and he goes back into you know to the dugout and he's just like you know really and he lifts the team and that's what we've got in jazz when you've got somebody who's got that dangerous thing of being overconfident and amazingly talented then you know and it is fantastic and he can play you know all over the infield when we're talking about issues about sort of depth out there then when you've got players like himself and John Bertie and, and even sort of Garrett Cooper who can sort of flick about as well mm. you know you know do you, how much depth do you really need and it's it's, it's yeah brilliant.
0: Yeah, I like, I like that comp. And, you know, the two of them had a, a funny moment, you know, on second base or whatever uh, yesterday. And, you know, listen, they're two young, fun guys. No doubt about it. Um, yeah, I just on that mix it up piece, you know, for the Braves, it needs to go back. It needs to go in the bin. You know, it's the type of thing that, listen, you can carry on doing that for one year. You can start it in the year and carry it on until you're knocked out. When you're knocked out, that's the end of that. No longer can you use it. Acuna hasn't got the memo. You cannot carry that on. Mix it up. In the bin. In the bin, please, Braves. As well as the chop. That also needs to go in the bin. I don't know what those boys, I don't know what they're thinking. Anyway, um, Lee Dobbs, talk to me about the offense, mate. Who you know, Who's popping for you? And on the flip side, any concerns of anyone thus far? Sample size is still small
1: yeah you know, as, as i say still it's still small Dickerson had a really good good week i thought you know there we go he he came came alive at last yeah and, you know, we, we've got you know Aguilar still hitting cooper's you know he came came around last night so i mean there's not many you know you got you got marte who's still still doing it obviously the only person who is not really you know who hasn't really got going yet you know who, who Who's been playing you now is Brian Anderson. Mm. But I'm not that concerned with him yet. Because so I think didn't he start off slow last year or like you know in, in 2019? So, I mean, I I'm not seeing the stats, but to me, he seems to always start start off slow and then he heats up around May, you know, May time. So I am not that concerned. And hopefully, you know, yeah, you know, the RBI last night, you know, it is a start of him coming out of it a bit. Obviously, we we got the catching issue where you know. You know, Warlock's not going to give us that much, you know, and, and if he's playing, you know, every day, then, then there there is an issue there. But on the whole, the offense is slowly coming, you know, coming around. We just missed the the big hit, you know, which we, we which which we weren't getting in the St. Louis series, which we started started to get now. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it seems to be, you know, coming around now we we've left Miami.
0: Yeah. <laughs> we did say that though, that it was it was possible. And let's think back about BA. I mean, how many how many yeah, fly balls a, to deep right sender has there been? Yeah,
1: even in that first at bat, you know, against the Mets. He did the same thing again. Exactly yeah, so the same. Exactly. We <laughs> could have about three or four, you know, homers, you know, like by now. So you know, that's a, I'm not too too worried about him yet.
0: Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Sean, I need to come to you on your guy, buddy. Uh, Cooper Loop. He he's had a little bit of a, a sticky spell, but came through big time last night. And there's the you know there's the sound effects to accompany it. There, <laughs> but Cooper Loop made came, came through big spots. I think three RBIs last night, two big hits. So, you know, listen, we know with coop. Uh, it's shared playing time for all them dudes, him, Duvall and, and Aguilar. They're going to be sharing it. But you know, it's great to see Coop doing some damage.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, I'm I'm a big Cooper fan. Um, I make no. No bones about that. That's for sure. Uh, yeah, I think Coops. You know those those timely hits. That's what Coops there for. He's he's a quality major league player, and you know I don't want to toot my horn too much, but he's had 25 at bat so far. You push that out to 500. He's actually on target for my very extravagant. Hundred RBIs. Oh, okay. The home run, and actually, to be fair, twenty home runs as well. He's, you know, I think we still need to get him in the lineup as much as possible. Hmm. I think he could be, he could easily be the second best Marlins hitter behind Marte. It just, he just needs that time on the field.
0: Yeah, it's just a, it's just a, a plate appearance, playing time thing with Cooper. I mean, I'm like you; I like to see him there, but you know, their mix of the matching, you know, I think we're set into that pattern now. Um, Rob, what about you on the, on the offensive side? Um, who's, who's kind of popping for you? I mean, uh, Lee's already touched on Dickerson has come alive. mate's just been a stud all the way through um, Duval Duval popping off revenge game last night, which was nice to see. So he's doing, he's doing his thing, which is great, but who's, who's kind of getting you going early doors?
3: Um, yeah, I I Cooper they, 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 he was the one who we're thinking, Oh, I hope they don't leave him out for Agliar all the time and, and he doesn't get a, a big run. And, and I, I I echo just what Sean says. He's the the guy who has impressed me. Marte is consistent, and I think that's probably the guy he's got, you know, a really good OPS of eight four-one, which kind of shows that you know he's always hitting, he's always on base. And you know when if if Marte's at first base and somebody hits a, a deep fly ball out there, you pretty much guaranteed he can all he can get all the way around. He's just just wheels, and um, so I think it's probably Marte who he's had eleven hits already so far. So you know he's he's definitely um, probably sort of my guy who's, who's impressed me a lot. But a few others out there, uh, even Miggy Rojas had some really good at bats. Um, You know, people who were, you know, wondering whether last year, you know, it was just a a really, really good season. But, yeah, um, the only problem I kind of have overall, I'm not trying to be negative, but (laughs) I had a little look. I wanted to see, you know, how, how, because we weren't really firing all cylinders over the last week. I was just looking at how many home runs we've got compared Mm. to some of the better teams or teams who have hit more home runs. Cincinnati Reds, Houston Astros, 18 home runs, as it stands as I talk. Miami Marlins, four. Oh, um, boy. Now- Listen,
0: Cincinnati, though, I'm not having that. They they literally play, you know, in a schoolyard, like it's tiny, the ballpark. I mean, you know, you could apply the, the stats to some of B.A. You know, B.A. would be on 10 home runs, probably, if he was playing in Cincinnati.
3: <laughs> yeah, and, and, of course, we've had how many potential home runs are suddenly... Stopped short on the outfield track, so yeah. it is there. But I think I I don't think we're firing on all cylinders. from my point. I think there'll be nope. you'll see Ba, you know, come alive a bit more. Um, Duvall come alive with more home runs. So I think that there is more on the way.
0: No, Robert, you spot on, buddy. Because you know, listen, this this Marlins offense, it's not going. It isn't rolling. It hasn't been rolling at all. We've won games because the pitching has kept us in there and we've just dug it out. You know, the boys are just hanging tough at the moment. The offense, it's just not happening fully yet. Full cylinders are not being hit. But if you can still win games in this way, that was the, the beauty of last night. You roll into Atlanta. We've been spanked in the NLDS last year. You roll into Atlanta. Sandy's not got his A game. He's got his B game. And still, we come out with the win. For me, that's huge. Huge moment, huge turning point. I I, I love that. I thought it was a great result, and I'm really intrigued to see what they do the rest of this series. Truly am. You know, Max Freed going tonight. Pablo going. It's a premier matchup, like it truly is. Freed's not started that great. Braves bullpen. I mean, everyone's bullpen's looking a little bit shaky, but Braves bullpen does not look great. They're missing, you know, some of the guys they've lost. Um, I think they're feeling that already. I must say the starter last night, you know. Her. Nice. Slider was naughty. Won it just all night long, just throwing those sliders. It was it was truly naughty. Um, okay, guys. I think we've covered all ground. We've covered starters, we've covered bullpen, we've covered the offense, we've covered TV replays. Only one place to end. And it's emojis. Emojis, of course. Lee Dobbs. I think I've caught you off guard there. I don't know if I have or not, but have you have you got an emoji of the week for us?
1: Yeah, I was thinking about thinking about it earlier. And I, I just went with the shoulder shrug, you know, you know, for that home home play, you know, umpire. Because he didn't have a clue what he was doing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, that's fair. Fair enough. I think that's a good one too. Sean, what have you got for us this week, buddy?
2: I, I think I'm going to have to follow Lee's uh, lead and talk about that, that play at the plate. And it's probably the red face with the expletive over the mouth, which is uh, pretty much how I was that evening. It was, yeah, uh, yeah not, not a fun experience, yeah, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, exactly. Fuming, I think, is the,
3: uh, <laughs> is the UK term. Rob Newell, what have you got for us, buddy? I'd like to use the face palm emoji along with the other two emojis that uh, Lee and Sean have just said, um, just all for the New York Mets. Um, just when we thought they all, oh, this is dangerous, new owner, all the incompetency over the last well, five years, let's say, is, is now behind them. They just show themselves to be even more incompetent with, with it's raining and the forecast said it's going to rain hard and we'll try and get this game started. Yeah. So it's just like, what are they doing? Um, yeah, and then you just everything else yeah, with the conforto issue, and and then no run support for De Grom. It's, <laughs> it's the face palm emoji. I
0: mean, nothing changes, right? I mean, literally, the owners changed. They've got Lindor in, Stud, Carrasco in, Hamstrong, but nothing's changed. They're still going to mess it up. Like, I'd love to throw it out there now and ask the guys, hey, listen people out there who are saying Mets are winning more than 90 games, 95 games, they're winning the division. How are you feeling now after six, seven games? Are you panicking? I don't know. Maybe you would be, but for me, I look at those Mets, they're the same old Mets, and they are not winning 95 games. They are absolutely not. Not a chance in hell they're winning 95 games. For me, they're not playing 500 ball, not in this division. Right, my emoji, and it is, it's a well-used one, but I don't care. It is the rocket taking off emoji, and it is for Mister Adam Duval, and it is for the first up oh, oh, with the popo first of the year. Adam Duval love it. He loves playing in Truist Park. He's back in the lineup tonight, guys. As we're recording this, the lineup is released. Here's the major news: Georgie Alfaro back behind the dish. So all of that 15 minute segment, I will edit out.
1: What <laughs> wasn't he announcing? No, announced you know in the lineup last night. I don't he know. was, and
0: then he was scratched. You're right. So anything's possible. Uh, John say. Birdie starts at second. Um, Corey Dickerson sits. So you've got a corner outfield of Duval, Cooper. It's the lefty on the mound. So you know that's the lefty lineup. You've got Aguilar, Cooper, Duval, three, four, five. They are going max power. Let's see, Max Freed. Listen, he's a he's a real tricky dude. Real tricky. I I thought he was probably the best pitcher I I think we saw all of last year. I think he's top draw, to be honest. So I think it's going to be a tough series. What I'm intrigued to see is Nick Nider and Trevor Rogers against these Braves. That is going to be fun. Real fun. Trevor Rogers UK friendly start time on Thursday as well. So that is going to be very fun. And uh, a little tip of the cap to David Tate from the UK Mets crew. He uh, he texted me in advance of the of the Degrom start and said he's going to have a, a, a bottle of bud for every strikeout the Degrom has. So after the first inning, he was already three bottles down. I think. <laughs> anyway, it was a, it was a boozy mess for him. Guys, that is it. Episode eighty eight in the books. Uh, we'll be back, of course, next week, next Tuesday, of course. Um, some fun series to play: Braves, Giants. And uh, hold on, where are we after that? I have forgotten. After the Giants. We have the Orioles. So, yeah, next time we speak, it'll just before the Orioles uh, series starts. So I think we get into that softer schedule, actually, next week. You know, a bit of Orioles action. I think the brew crew are in there. Um, you know, it, it may be a, a good time, particularly if we having to kind of mix and match the arms and play some bullpen stuff. So anyway, guys, uh Lee Dobbs, Sean Barrett, Rob Newell, the UK goats, appreciate it as always, guys. Uh, to the listeners, thanks as always. We'll be back next week with episode 89. Until then, stay safe. Go fish.